I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. All right, folks, welcome back for another episode of Ginger and Dutch here, episode six in season one of our uh, our podcast here. So absolutely fired up again tonight uh, with the topics and what we got going on. We have our first special guest this evening. Uh, we'll bring him on a little bit later on, but just wanted to uh, hammer out a couple of the housekeeping items here um, as we move forward. First off, uh, Ginger and Dutch have landed our first sponsor, uh, Callaway Golf. And they're sponsoring us uh, for our podcast here. And they're also helping sponsor our Facebook and Instagram contest we got going on. So uh, like us at Ginger and Dutch One on Facebook and Instagram. You got a chance to win uh, a fantastic prize valued at over $270 in retail. So make sure you hit us up on those links as well. So uh, thank you to Callaway Golf. I know Dutch and I are uh, much appreciated on that. And uh, we appreciate them coming on board here at Ginger and Dutch. Dutch? You there, my friend? I am. I am. There you go with your absolutely. So I'm going to try and refrain from using that tonight as uh, one of my uh, one of our listeners pointed out. So I'm fired up for tonight. Huge thanks to Callaway for sure. Did uh, let's go. Let's rip it. Did you uh, did you watch the last dance? Let's have a quick chat about that before we get into our, our big, big topic tonight, which is uh, the the NFL schedule for sure. And we got a couple other uh, um, minor things to talk about, uh, including a hot topic uh that just popped up in the NHL. So did you watch the last dance? Did you watch the, uh, the of last course episode? I did. I'm, yeah. I'm tuned into this thing, like the other five, 10 million people that are, uh, that are on board here. And it's, it's just getting better and better. Yeah. Um, and uh, like uh, we could have a whole episode on, uh, on episode seven and eight. So I'll try to uh, keep it brief here, but what intrigued you the most? Uh, I think for me, it was just so refreshing to um, have somebody talk about winning and have somebody talk about how much it means to them to to win. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm sick and tired of the the athlete of 2015 and and 2020 and and this last decade of everybody being buddy buddy and and how the NBA is is you know okay I'm gonna conspire to have you know Bosch and Wade and and LeBron on this team and we're gonna create the you know the master team here and Durant and Curry and the, you know what. Isn't it nice just to have somebody to say, I just wanted to win and whatever took took to win, I was willing to do it. Absolutely. And then he, and he said, and there I go again saying it. he, he, he said it right in there about just his whole persona. He, all he wanted to do is win. And you know, they asked BJ Armstrong at at the end about, you know, was he a nice guy? And, And the words out of his mouth were, you know, if, if you didn't love basketball, he would be very difficult to be around. And Jordan knew that. And this episode really shows, or these two episodes really show, I think next episode uh, eight, which I didn't get all the way through, but there's a, there's yep. a, apparently a big fight with, uh, with Steve Kerr. It, it's, it's clear that they didn't, they didn't like him, but they, 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 he, he said to him and he threw out a big F bomb when he, when he said it, he never, what he asked for them in practice, he, he, he would do, whether it was suicides, whatever it was. So he said, you may, you may not be as good. Or you may, may not be able, but I'm going to drag you along to win because this is what it's all about is winning. So I thought it was pretty cool. And, and, you know, they went into this whole talk about when his dad died um, and it was murdered 
that would have been right in 90, 1993. And then, of course, all the media and the coincidence, you know, about was it to do with his game and that. And they, they, they did a good role in, in not diving way too long into it. But I, I believe it now. Uh, do you? Like, you know, do you believe that that it had, had absolutely nothing to do with his 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 gambling? This was just a, a random act, um, unless I'm missing something. I don't know. Yeah, they, you know what? They, they, if 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 it wasn't if it was true, sorry, they put up a, a damn good acting job on it, and there was many people that put up a damn good acting job on it. Uh, but you know, there's always going to be those conspiracy theories, and, and and when athletes become that big, there's it, we're always going to question this and question that, and you know, they did this because of that, and you know, it, I think it comes with the times, it comes with the the territory of being that big. But yeah, it would be shocking to learn from this point on that that you know it was because of his gambling or because of his actions because you know those were some heavy hitters in the game from the PR guy to David Stern to you know the owner of the Bulls to Kraus to Jordan himself like you know exactly. that's four or five sources there that that you know would have to blatantly lie on on a documentary like this yeah uh, that would be you know pretty aggressive for sure yeah, and I'm sure they still get asked for it, but it was, it was neat to see. I couldn't believe how many people were at, at his media when he retired. Like, you never see that anymore. I don't care. Even with, with Gretzky, I know he had a pile with any of the big, big-name um, athletes that have retired, I guess because of the controversy, because he was n- nowhere near ready to retire, and clearly that's proven because he comes back and he plays three more years, right? So, um, Or I should say way more than three or more years, but three more years when he, with championship material. So th- it was just crazy to see how many people were at the media for sure. Yep. And you know what? I, I know you threw it back at me last week, so I get to I get to get my jab in and we won't d- dive too far deep into it. But, hey, he left and that team went to the second round of the playoffs. I know they lost to the, the Knicks in, in seven games there, as you guys, our listeners saw in the episode. But, well, yeah, they lost to the uh, they lost to the Knicks because uh, they lost to the Knicks because of they just weren't talented enough. And I have to dive into the whole Pippen thing because that was crazy to see Pippen suck out and to, to, for them to even get to seven games after that, right down two games to none. Yeah, and, and you know, and they're about to they're about to lose game three, and they they call the play, and it's it's for Pippen to not be a part of the shot, and he sucks out on the bench and tells the coach he's not going in, like. I can't believe they let him play the rest of the the, uh, the rest of the series. Now, granted, you know they all stood up as a team, and Cartwright got up there and you know started crying and had his little speech, and I, I'm sure it was touching and all that BS. But really, you you, you suck out because you you're not going to get the ball. You think Jordan would have ever did that? I mean, mind you, Jordan always gets the ball, but would he have ever did it? I shouldn't say that because uh, Mr. Paxton made a a huge uh, game winner in one of their championships, right? So. Yep. it's not. It can't always be about that. So that was uh, that was one that pissed me off a little bit. Listening that uh, Pippen did it, and he 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 said he would do it all over again, even though he said it wasn't the best thing. He said he would do it all over again, which is also kind of surprising. It makes me even more upset about it. Yeah, and and the thing with Scotty is is I just feel that that relationship was always that way. It was always that little bit of sour. It was like that apple you bite into and. You know, you're hoping for that sweet, juicy apple, and and you bite into it, and it's just got that little bit of, little bit of sour to it. And I think that's the way that relationship was with Pippen and the Bulls. Like, right from right from the start, is he was always the second fiddle, and even obviously with with what happened in that situation and him him sitting on the bench there, it, 
he, he was just always felt probably that he was the second fiddle in Chicago and it would never be any different. That does got a tax on you when you're a talented player like Scotty was. Sure, sure. But but he was second fiddle. And the only thing he ever had a right to complain about, and I'd argue maybe even this isn't the case, but we said it in one of our other podcasts was just him not being paid. I, I agree with that. His, him not being paid for sure. But you know what? You just said it with all these, the new age NBA. Uh, uh, all these guys ganging up. It does take more than than one superstar. I, I mean, I can you know bang the drums about Jordan all day long. At the end of the day, you need a, you do need a supporting cast, um, and clearly Pippen was that guy. However, Pippen couldn't do it on his own, so he has no I, no reason to be sour grapes except for pay me the money and and that's it. Other than that, you know what? You can't suck out because you don't get a ball in a friggin' game when you're down two games to none. Like you know, they 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 called the, they made a play. You know, you see it in the in the show. They talk about how many game winning shots Kukoc made, and so he was a rookie. Yada yada yada. Come on, Pippen. You know you, you can't be that. You can't suck out. I, I would. No, I'm not going down a dog uh, a dog one uh, today. But but that that was a that was a that was a dick move. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and you know back on Jordan's side about you know the one line that stood out to me and I, and it even rung in my head is you know Jordan Jordan was the bludgeon and Scotty was the soft touch. Yeah. Kind of like ginger and Dutch, baby, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but but you know what? There there's to be a, a true leader, you've got to be able to make decisions that the majority of people can't make. You got to be able to do things that the majority of people can't do and you got to be able to pull people along in a way that people may not like. So, it, you know, not all leaders are going to be looked at in a good eye or, you know, as that nice guy and just like BJ said, you know, it you're you're not going to be looked at when you when you play like that and you play as hard as that but you know in the end who cares about how you're looked at it's about your legacy when you leave the game and and six nba championships uh arguably six in a row um probably one of the greatest legacies or is one of the greatest legacies in in nba or sports history period no questions asked well well said that's uh couldn't agree more on it well said um, let's, uh, let's flip it. Let's, uh, let's get into the big, uh, the big meat of the conversation tonight for sure. I'm, I'm Perfect. pumped. Uh, are we bringing on our, uh... you're listening to another episode of excellence by ginger and Dutch. Are bringing on our guest here? Yeah. So let's bring him on. Uh, he's a, he's a longtime friend of the show. Uh, I know you can say how are you, how are you a friend of the show? If, uh, if, uh, you've only done six episodes, but you know, he's been, uh, he's been in our, sports um realm for a, a long while here and um you know we're going to refer to him as the old boy as the greek um as nick p so he's got tons of names here so we're just dialing him up here now but um yeah he'll he'll be on in a second here but johnny did anything uh catch you uh you know right off the top with the nfl schedule what uh what games on your viking schedule did you circle or anything uh, that you circled on the schedule there well for sure for sure i was pretty pumped for hours of schedule and believe it or not i watched about three hours and 45 minutes of it so i was perfect pretty, uh, i was pretty excited about it. Uh, boys what how are you thing for me honestly hey there nikki i'm P, well what's how are you guys doing good man i'm just gonna finish, finish up here real off, quick pal. and we'll get you on board uh we'll get uh we'll get ginger to do a full oh, introduction boy. you know the monday night thing was uh was huge for me i'm so happy that there's no booger mcfarland anymore that's i know that's nothing to do with the schedule and i'm glad that that's changed i think the most intriguing thing for me was uh and i know you're gonna touch on it and this is probably one of the only things we're gonna agree about uh 
tonight, and we'll see what the old boys got to say about it. But NFL taking over Christmas. My Vikings, unfortunately, on the road, which I'm going to get into a bit because I'm a little bit pissed off about that whole situation, but on the road on Christmas to play the New Orleans Saints, going to take a jab at the NBA, which means there's going to be football Friday, December 25th, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days in a row. <laughs> As you would say, the Shield has spoken. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, uh, without further ado, let's let's get him on here. Uh, you know, friend of the show here, uh, Nick P, old boy, the Greek, whatever, uh, whatever nickname, the thousand nicknames that he's got. Nick, welcome to the show. Uh, we're just talking a little NFL schedule here. So, uh, Dutch was going through one of kind of what is him. What's uh what what intrigued you on? You know what I for me I I Johnny touched or sorry Ginger Dutch Dutchy Dutchy sorry give me a second to get moved up here boys Dutchy I loved it I <laughs> thought it was I thought it was brilliant that they went out and they say you know what we're gonna go Christmas Day for the first time in a couple of years I think the last time they were there was 2017 they had a Christmas Day game and they're gonna they're going back yep. with a great matchup. And it's on Friday. It's not even – we don't even play ball on Friday. They say, you know what, we're going to go after the NBA and we're going to line up with a primo game in the 7.30 slot. And I loved it, man. I thought, I thought it's loved just, it, you know man. what, you're sending a message that, you know, whereas everyone else is still trying to figure out what they're going to be doing next year, how everything's going to look and feel. The NFL has, like, that perfect opportunity to really try and, like, set things up, man, to really fully take advantage of. When we come out of this thing where we're at, they're going to be well-positioned because of where their season lined up with the offseason – compared to other sports, right? So I think I love that. Um, hey, man, Ginger, let's talk about it. I don't know if you guys touched on it, but how about those Buffalo Bills, man? No, let's, oh, let's, let's, let's I'll, I'll, talk. Okay, I'll give you your – yeah, I'll give you your 30 seconds about the Buffalo Hear Bills. Me out here. Hear me out here. Hear me out, man. Here's a team last year, other than that Thanksgiving game, had zero, nothing on the slate, not a single primetime game, if you include Thursday night or Sunday night, Monday night. And all of a sudden now, you got four already guaranteed with a fifth, maybe if that Denver one gets flexed into a primetime slot the way that uh, Pats game did last year on the Saturday night. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. But the game that's going to get me jacked up, and I think, Ginger, I'm going to ask you to dive in here, is week six, Patty Mahomes and the Super Bowl champs come to the Ralph Thursday night football. Boys, you're going to know if these Bills are the real deal or not come week six. You're going to have an idea where they're at. Talk about a measuring stick so early in the season. I can't wait, man. Ralph's going to be rocking. Oh, for sure. And, and let's, let's just hope that we can get, uh, you know, we can get fans in that stadium and, and show off for everybody uh, as, we, as we always do with the, the Bills Mafia. And exactly. It, it, the schedule's lining up perfect uh, for, for Buffalo early on. They can get, uh, you know, if they can stockpile some wins in that, those first five weeks there. You know, you could have a four and two, five and one Bill squad at home to the defending Super Bowl champions, no matter what the record is. That's that's going to be a, a sexy matchup across the board for the NFL yeah. and NFL fans. Yeah, I agree on it for both guys. But listen, the the the, the negative part, and I know it's a one off, but the negative part would be, you know, if we if we can't get any fans in the stands. I, I feel bad for a team like Buffalo that's finally going to get the showcase. Well, maybe I don't feel bad because they're going to be, it's going to be on TV more. So more people are going to see it, but it'll suck because we lose that advantage. And, and, you know, I want to touch on something there, uh, old boy, about what you said with, you know, last year they had nothing. And that goes into this conversation about where I'm going to head down here is, is that all these prime times and, and where their measuring stick is here. 
there is six teams that were left out this year of, of primetime. Now, for me, I'm going to call primetime Sunday night, Monday night. And believe it or not, I'm going to actually steal the 425, the main game on 425, because that's actually the most watched game. Um, it gets the most uh, uh, numbers. It gets all the way across the board, and that's because it covers all time zones. So there's six teams that got left out. So if you can tell me that, Miami Dolphins, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, Washington Redskins, Detroit Lions, and Jacksonville Jaguars. I know all those teams suck. And I know all those teams don't have a big uh, – well, I shouldn't say they all don't. Uh, Washington's got a big uh, big fan base, uh, the Colts do. But if those teams start to, to put a run or make a run like what Buffalo did, are they going to get half of those primetime games? And I'm going to argue and say no. I mean, you look at it right now for this year, and I'm, I'm going to – I'll stop real quick here, but – I did a little little schedule analysis. I, I picked 50 games this year. And out of those 50 games, like I said, those six teams got left out. And there's another eight teams that only have one game. So we're going to be seeing the same old bloody teams over and over again. The New Orleans Saints have nine primetime games. Tampa Bay, eight. How about the Dallas Cowboys? They haven't even won a friggin' playoff game. They, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. They've got eight games. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I'm, I'm pissed off about it. Well, how, how about the Pats too, right? I think the Pats, if you go by the traditional primetime, Thursday, Sunday, Monday, they got five primetime games. And I get it. If Tommy Brady's there, I, I get it. But no Bronk, no Grady. Or Grady. No Bronk, no Brady. It's going to be a different team, right? Like, they don't have the same firepower. The star power's not going to be there. Hey, listen, as a Bills fan, Ginger, hey, buddy, if these guys mean that they're going to be down primetime, blowing it up and, and seeing the whole world have a chance to watch these guys fold and, and, and fall apart, I love it. I think it's great. You know, the demise of Belichick and, and the Pats and them, you know, going down here and having a, a losing season for the first time in, in, in ages in prime time. I love it. But it doesn't make a ton of sense, right? Like, I, I think that that team this year with that that roster, they don't deserve that many slots. No, I, 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 don't, I, don't think ahead, any, yep, I don't think anybody can argue there. Um, but but back to back to Dutch's point is is. Boys, this is like Nick, like uh, old boy said at the start here. This is an important year. They've got to they've got to capitalize on that TV contract, just like um, like he said there. They're in a position where they've got the rest of these leagues by the cojones, and for them, they've got to roll out the most advantageous schedule. And if that means bringing out their big guns and their big horses. And we're stuck watching the same old teams. Well, the, we're running a business here, and and it's about ratings at this point in time. We've got to project that there won't be fans in in those stadiums, or there'll be limited fans, fifteen, twenty thousand at most, I would imagine. Um, you know, which hurts me as a as a Bills season ticket holder and an NFL supporter across the board. But safety is number one. But um, we're running a business here, and and that's the way it's got to be. Two point two five billion dollar TV contract per year. Um, Twenty billion dollars signed in in uh, 2014. They've got to protect that first and foremost. And if it means that there's a competitive advantage of maybe a little bit this way and a little bit that way, which uh, I know me and Dutch can get into a little further uh, as well as Old Boy here, but um, then that's what they've got to do. Well, I get it that it's a business. Okay, I get it's a business. But if there's a year where we all know, come on, let's face the facts here, guys. There's there's the chances are anybody in the stands, period, let alone, uh, you know, a, a piece here and a piece there are, are slim, especially till the very end. Well, why not showcase some of these other teams? Like, I know we're, you know, football junkies and it comes to it. 
But I'm sorry, I don't want to see Tom Brady, you know, eight times. How about, like we said, New Orleans Saints? In the first four weeks, they're on primetime. And I, I consider, like I said, the 425. The first four weeks, they're on primetime. Like, sign me sign me out. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to listen. I don't, I don't want to watch them. I, I'd, I'd rather watch and, and learn and, and, and see some of these other guys that we never see when we're looking at the Pro Bowl roster for the average football fan and going, who's this guy? Well, that's because you never get to see him. We'll know. And Stefan will know where he came from out of high school, but, <laughs> but you know, but it's just, I don't know. It, to me, it just doesn't make sense the way they've got it set up there. There's gotta be, there's gotta be other avenues. Oh boy. You want to, you want to chime in on that? Well, one? listen, like I, I think that, like you said, there's, there's a, there's an opportunity. Like, you know, let's, let's say I, I again, very, very rarely it's going to happen. I'd be, I'd be shocked if it does happen this way, but, Let's say the Bengals figure things out. Say Joe Burrow comes out and he's flying. And he's, you know, he's not only winning the rookie of the year, but the guy's, you know, loosening the conversation for MVP. Again, we're talking, you know, probably very, very unlikely of happening, but he's a number one overall pick. The guy lit it up last year, fellas. You coming in, they got some nice pieces on offense. Like that that offensive wide receiving core they got there. You got T. Higgins, you got Boyd. That's good. If Green comes back and you got, you know, what's the name of the backfield there? Um, Joe, uh, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, right? So, if they yeah, can, if yep. they can figure Dynamite. out, you know, the defensive side of the ball and and keep them, you know, standing upright, they got a chance. Like that division, I know Baltimore's going to run away with it most likely, but you know the other three teams in that division, they're up for grabs, man. And don't forget, you're playing a last place schedule, right? When you finish in the basement last right. year, all of a sudden this year, you get the advantage of having a last. That's why you can go last to first. They don't. And you can climb that ladder in one year, right? So if the Bengals are relevant halfway through, trust me, man. The NFL loves their stars. And this guy's the number one pick overall. If they can make him a success and put him in the spotlight, they're going to look to do so. So, like, there's an example of a team that, like, I get behind that. And, listen, you know, Ohio football, you know, like, blood ground. Like, they, they produce football players. Like, they, they, they love their football in Ohio. Like, it's a football hotbed. So, I could see them if they're relevant and they're playing, you know, meaningful ball games. Like, that's a team that I would love to see them get flexed into some primetime slots. Because I think... Well, they better they they better get flexed because, like you said, what would you rather watch? They only have one primetime game besides their Thursday, so I think they have two two two. We'll call sure. it night games. Um, I'm sorry, but I'd rather rather watch uh, uh, the boy uh, rather than watch the New England Patriots uh, over and over again. I know you guys are biased because you're Bills fans, but I'm I'm done seeing it. And now that now that Brady's gone, I don't want no interest. I have zero. I I might not even watch the game if it's a uh, if it's New England on prime time unless they're playing Buffalo. I, I got zero interest in watching it. Yeah, and I think I think um, old boy touched on it nicely there about one of the points that I wanted to bring up was you know this this whole idea since 2006 of the the flex scheduling and and what tends to happen with that is is that these teams that are gonna they start off with with you know three and four primetime games and the next thing you know they're flexed into one or two games late in the season and all of a sudden it adds up to five so when you go back and you look at the schedule two or three years down the road and it's totality um it it may look like a competitive advantage but when the schedule makers made it um i think you've got to take everything into account you got to look at um rest days you got to look at stuff coming off uh teams coming off of the thursday rest time are they home are they away and i think you got to look at that from a schedules perspective um and kind of defend those guys a little bit and and say you know Hopefully that, and I believe they are, they're taking all those points into account. And because of the flex scheduling and, and the NFL's ability to try to make a star and move games around, um, that it can kind of mask um, maybe a competitive advantage from a scheduling perspective that may or may not be there. 
Yeah, there's a there's a study there for sure, and it's going to go through. And I want to know what oh, but you have to you have to say about this because I want to talk about competitive advantage, and I'm going to touch touch on my team on the Vikings, and I, I think it's a bunch of BS that and and we we argued about this this morning, and I'm ready to fire it up again here. H- explain to me this when I go through the the schedule and I look at from 2017 to now, the Minnesota Vikings have had 14 primetime games. Do you know how many home games they had? Four. Four. That means they're 11 times on the road. And then you go and look at the Green Bay Packers, and I'm only picking them because they're in the division. And they've got 18 primetime games, and 12 of them are home, and six are on the road. That doesn't doesn't connect properly. And you can't tell me, oh, well, we got rest time, and well, they play on Thursday, and did they come off of a bye, and blah, blah, blah. To me, sorry, but primetime games, if you look at the stats, and you showed them to me today, 61 and 42. On Monday Night Football, from 2017 to 2019, that to me that's a bigger advantage than a regular one o'clock, one p.m. on the road game. It, it, it's sorry, but they've got to figure out a way to make that a little bit closer so that it's the same amount of uh, games. I mean, I, they can't I'll, be I'll perfect. Tell, I get it. I'll tell you what I think this is, all comes down to: the NFL, like when they're trying to position their star players, who are they really thinking about here? They're thinking about their quarterback play, right? Who are my star quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league? And I'm sorry, but Minnesota, like, they haven't had a legitimate star quarterback. I know they Kirk Cousins doesn't well, they, qualify. Listen, they, they went out and paid him like Correct. a star. But the reality is, like, if you went and you asked Joe Smith on the street, give me my top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL, Kirk Cousins' name doesn't come up all that often, right? It just doesn't. But, but, okay. Aaron, but, Aaron, but Aaron, okay, Aaron Rodgers' name comes up every single time. Every single time. Correct. I get I get that, and, 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 and I'm not disagreeing with that. It's that the fact of the matter is, is that they're playing the, the elite teams on the road. There's got to be a, a different formula. They play – this is going to be the third year in a row they're going to Seattle on a prime time. Talk about bullshit. Correct. How, about how, the, many, how many of those games were flexed, Dutch? How many of those – got to tell not me. Not one of those. those not, not one of those games oh, were flexed. come on. Come nope, on. Not, get off of it. There's got to be a game or two flexed in there. Not one of the Vikings games were flexed that I'm talking about right now. The The only one that was flexed was a division game, and I get it, division's division. But the fact of the matter is when they're going to New Orleans, three of the last four years they've, they've had to go to New Orleans, and I get the whole the way the, the standings work from previous years and everything. But to, to, to put them into a primetime game on the road, Seattle, New Orleans, the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl, or sorry, uh, lost in the Super Bowl, they were they had to go to the Rams. And then they had to go to Green Bay. They had to go to Detroit on Thanksgiving. Like, you're putting them in situations over and over again Correct. where I just because don't think it's fair. To, because they're trying to build them up. They're trying to build them up and make them a marketable squad. What's wrong Yeah, but with on that? the road, What's on the road is a disadvantage. But either way, it, clearly they're doing okay, no? Well, they haven't won shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Well, old boy, hop in here. What do you think? So, man, we're, they're going to hang tight every game, man. Like they, they haven't had a real shit season in a long, long time. So you know that if you're a schedule maker, right. you put the Vikings in as a road opponent. They're not going to get their teeth kicked in. It's going to probably be a one possession game down to the end. Either they win it outright, or they're or they or they're hanging tight. It's a one possession game, and and they're there, man. They're hanging tight because they're a good quality football team without really any premier high quality star talent. Like, I get Diggs and Thielen, yeah. and these guys are good ball players, right? Um, you know, the little running back they have there as well, too, at a Florida State. Like, they got a bunch of good quality ball players, but man, the fucking, sorry, the NFL is all about quarterback play. It's all start. Like, why, why is Tampa getting all these games? Because Tom Brady's now under center there. Tom Brady. I know. I know. I know. I'm just, 
It does. It, you're right. That's what it comes down to. I'm just ranting because I just think it's BS. And it's the same thing with the Cowboys. You, you can't tell me the Cowboys have a good quarterback. I mean, you got the Red Rocket in there now that's going to back up um, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Prescott. But it's all about money. And that's on that case because because Jerry's the number one owner in the league and and uh what's his face Kraft's got his uh you know what stuck right up um Goodell, and they're all buddies and it's just, it's the same crap and, I, and I'm just as a as a diehard fan that watches football you know every game twice sometimes it's just give me something new like give me something different to, to watch it, it just it's it's frustrating to see the same thing I'm, I'm tired of seeing the cowboys and the friggin giants on sunday night football like i just barf i don't listen I, i'm tired of seeing it and i know people are probably tired of seeing the vikings in green bay <laughs> hey you know what comes down to man i do yep. think that we're getting to the point now where if it's not this year next year you're gonna start seeing this turnover at the top where you're getting these teams right it's yep. coming it's, it's cyclical it's coming back around now like Denver Broncos, yep. Arizona. They're coming back around. They got some nice pieces. They're going to be playing some exciting yep. football. And man, they're going to start getting these primetime slots. And I hate to say it, but, you know, when these big boys and some of these big, you know, these big, you know, blue chip franchises, when they start retiring and they go through a little bit of a downturn, they're going to have to give these upstarts a shot, right? Give them a shot at the title and put them into the yep. primetime because yep. at that point there, that's where the stars are going to sit. So, you know, whether it be, you know, it's it's a shame that what's happening in Houston because you got a guy like Deshaun Watson, star player, yep. right? You nailed it. You like, nailed it. Man, I'm boy. sorry, yep. but that guy could have been it. like, you could have had him, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson every year, bang, bang, bang. These new upstart, young, exciting, young quarterbacks. But they got nothing there, man. They're just totally blowing things up because Bill O'Brien doesn't have a goddamn clue what he's doing. And it's a shame because, like, there's a team that, man, you want to watch that guy play ball because he's an exciting ball player, right? Like you saw Mick Clemson, he's an exciting ball yep. player, winning big games, national championships, goes to Houston. And man, like, you know, we saw him in that playoff game last year. Like they won the game in the end because that guy is just that much better than everyone else. So like you want to be able to see that guy play ball. And unfortunately this year, like you really have no excuse to watch them play really, other than I think what they're playing. Are they not playing again the Thursday night to open it up, right? Against one. KC. That, yeah, they they got. That's one. right. They got the first game, and then they got one one other primetime game, it's and that's shame. it. And it's a shame. So, yep. It'd be interesting to see that that Hopkins trade as to you know these scheduled guys. They've got it made well in advance, and they've got their board almost like teams got their draft board. And when that Hopkins trade went down, it would be interesting to see how many games, if any, would have come off primetime wise after they looked at that Houston roster and said, uh, "It's only Deshaun Watson now." Uh, you know maybe we take a game or two away from them off of the primetime schedule, right? But yeah, but yeah, we'll keep five New England games because we don't have Tom Brady, but Belichick and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's a bunch of BS and that's the whole thing. Like they switch one, but don't switch the other. Why didn't you bring in Burrow? Why didn't you add an extra game in there? Why didn't you do that? Just it's, yeah. yeah. It's... What, one thing that, one thing we, I don't think none of us have touched on yet that, that just kind of popped into my mind too is I think not only do you, like you guys have talked about and done a great job with is that, not only do they want to build their, their stars and their quarterback, but I think they want to put the best product on the field. And the best product on the field right now in the NFL, and I don't think there's a question to be asked on this, is coming out of the NFC West. And I think that has something to do with it on a year-in, year-out basis. Yeah, you're going to get your big markets, Cowboys, NFC East, and we're tired about that. But I think on a year-by-year basis, they, as that turns over over two or three years, they want to get the best product on those big nights because it's a showcase, right? Yeah. So let's transition. One thing that, that um, 
kind of intrigued me and I wanted to get your guys uh, opinion on it specifically because I was really surprised after what I for you know leading up to the schedule release as to what I was hearing was um, the NFL and just their to me lack of um, care or thought or um, planning for contingency I was really expecting to see um, a lot of the interconference matchups early um, loading up heavy in the division um, seeing a lot of back-to-back uh, division games or you know one two out of three weeks with division games and we really didn't see that other than I think the Patriots and the Dolphins are are playing back-to-back sandwiched between a bye week and um, a couple of the other teams there in the I know in the west are playing two out of the three weeks they're playing each other kind of home and away but what were your guys thoughts on that were you surprised were you you, you weren't expecting that what do you think go ahead old boy I got a good one so or I got yeah, four, but you go I, ahead, I think boy. what it comes down to is I hate to say it, man, but I'm thinking that they're of the view that if they have to play these games with no one in the stadium, I think they think the product's going to be good enough where they're not going to have to worry about postponing any of these. Now, listen, man, like, do you want to talk about gate revenue and money that's walking out that door? Like, if these guys can't fill those stadiums up, the owners aren't going to be loving that one bit, right? So that's one thing to take into consideration here is, you know, you better have some type of, like, a make whole contingency to make these guys whole because they're going to be saying, well, hold up here, right? Like, I usually make XYZ on a per-game basis when I sell this thing out and, you know, selling beer and pizzas and everything else, right? So... But I think what it comes down to is they're of the view right now where let's like, – listen, a lot can change in a short period of time, right? And I, I hate to say it, but I'm always of the view that these big multinational corporations, they have access to information that we don't have, right? So maybe they're seeing things that we're not seeing. Maybe they have a better idea where we're going to be at, right? Or, or maybe you know what it is is let's not cloud it right now. Everything's – you know, it's – we're operating on cloud nine in the NFL. We had our draft that went well, executed perfectly in terms of having it done electronically. And then now all of a sudden you release – you know, these three-hour specials releasing the schedule. Everyone's all jacked up. You're building all this momentum. I think maybe what they're worried about is, are we going to dampen that momentum if we start talking about contingencies and, and, and almost kind of having it as a dark cloud over the release of the schedule? Because no one's going to get excited if all of a sudden yep. you're talking about, well, but you know what? If this is where we are on this date, and, and the reality is, on what date? What, like, when are you even going to know when to even roll out these contingencies? Like, I think what they come down to is if I can't give you a date on when we're going to roll this out, let's not even talk about it. Let's have it in our back pocket so that if come August, we're not where we need to be, we can roll it out August 1 and give everyone enough time to make all the fans whole and, and shift things around so that we have time to be fluid in that sense. That's, that's my view on it, but I don't know. Well, that, that, yeah, it, it, makes, yeah, it, yeah, it makes, total, makes total sense. My, my thing is, is, is what you touched on, Jen, is the – the, the TV contract is so huge and I'm sure it's probably set in stone, but, but you think if there's no fans in there, there's going to be, I would be shocked if there's not more commercials, which is going to be hard for us to watch. But if they put in even more, just be, to ramp it up and to, to, to cover some of the, the incurred costs. So they're yep. going boys, they're going no matter what the, 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 the season's not going to start any later, unless we get this major second run spike of, uh, of COVID there's no no way in H that these guys are, are not going to start on opening night and they're going to run with fans or no fans and take it or leave it. But the product will still be there. I can't agree with you anymore, old boy, as much as, you know, some people are saying, oh, are they going to get hyped up for the games? Well, they're going to get hyped up. I, I, I think the advantage um, is, Jens, you're going to disagree, but I think there's an advantage for being a, a road team for sure, just to go in there and not have to worry about crowds, especially going into like a Buffalo or a, Kansas City or a Seattle or any of the the crazy dome teams, it's it's gonna shake things up and uh, the cream will still rise to the top. Okay, I get it, but 
you may see you may see a, you may see a, a an underdog team or two this year more so than you ever have that might just all of a sudden appear in the uh, you know in the standings and go where do these guys come from because uh, I I <laughs> Kirk Cousins right the guy can't win <laughs> he can't he can't win the big primetime games because he can't handle the pressure but maybe he can because there's nobody watching. Like, listen yeah. one more thing here before you jump in Ginger like I think one thing that's really interesting too is we and we all love to do it I'm just gonna throw it out there put a little wager down Sunday afternoon. What happens to those lines if all of a sudden now home field is is negligible? It's non-existent, right? What happens thing. to those lines, man? Yep. Yep. If I you're like a thing. serious pro gambler, buddy, you're going to be like, you know, you're going to be licking your chops because you're saying well, all these lines are being inflated or deflated by, you know, the, the value of this home field. And, hey, man, now you're just playing ball. Now it's just like the total neutral site. Let's see who comes out on top, right? So, you know, I, I think it's going to yep. be interesting. But there's a whole bunch of interesting subplots there for sure. For sure, yeah, it's going oh. to change. I'm jacked. Oh boy, uh, you got time to stick around for our yeah. uh, for our next segment? We wanted to get into a little ginger's garbage there with yeah, uh, some NHL 100%. news. You got time I'm here, man? Awesome. All right, so let's send our listeners off to break on this. Um, so uh, thank you very much for a great segment there, and we'll uh, we'll be back after a little break. I cannot believe I got suckered into doing a break for Ginger and Dutch this week. They must be getting pretty desperate to reach out to me. I feel kind of hypocritical doing this. Like, they aren't even my favorite ginger and Dutch. Andy Dalton is my favorite ginger. I like orange drank better than ginger, too. And, and Alistair Overeem is the best Dutch. And, oh, uh, I think I already started recording. And you better be listening to the Ginger and Dutch podcast, a real-life passion for real-life sports talk. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold Skinny said so. Oh, hell yeah. All right, folks. Welcome back to Ginger and Dutch here uh, from your break. Remember to follow us on uh, Facebook at Ginger and Dutch 1 and on our Instagram at Ginger and Dutch one as well. And we got a fantastic uh, sponsor contest going on from Callaway Golf, our new sponsor. So um, I wanted to hop right in here on to uh, our next topic, and that is uh, Brendan Lipsick and, and the NHL and, and the debacle that uh, occurred over the weekend of, of uh, his comments and, and the lack of uh, awareness on uh, social media side of uh, his, his Instagram private chat. So um, fellas, what, what did you think? Because I'll tell you right now, I'm, I was just about ready, uh, this week to, uh, to throw him in the garbage, but I, I won't pull the trigger on that right now, but, um, I was about ready to throw him into the ginger's garbage section, but, um, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts there on, on his, uh, his actions, his comments? Well, listen, the, I don't know if, anyone, if for your listeners and those of you that haven't had a chance to, to dig it up yet, it's, it's pretty nasty stuff, right? I think the thing that makes it the worst is that often these these comments are directed towards like his teammates and guys that he's playing hockey with but these are guys in the locker room that he's you know sharing a stall with right where i think what it comes down to is this right like i think you'd be naive to think that a lot of these young guys in this day and age they're not doing the exact same thing i'm not trying to condone you know the language i think it's terrible i think you know like the one for example he's making a derogatory comment about you know tanner pearson and his wife the lady just had a kid you know for god's sakes like you know like like let's take it easy here right this is your a teammate of yours right and i think what's it's important to note here is is who it was you know i think listen man if had this been a different player so he's a, he's a washington capital at least he currently was before he got released let's say this is ovechkin 
what's happening to Ovechkin, right? Like, I think, you know, we've talked about, you know, everything sports being a business and whatnot and leagues trying to protect their stars. You know, I think if you were to go ahead and you were to confiscate phones of, you know, the entire NHL or let's say all pro sports in general, and you start digging through guys' Facebook chats and their Instagram, you know, DMs and whatnot, you're going to find a bunch of things that you're not really going to want to discover, right? So, you know, I think what I want to ask you boys is what if this was a star player, right? Like how would this have been handled differently? Because the guy got dumped. They, they terminated his contract. He'd be lucky if he ever plays again. Like this was a fringe fourth-line guy, kind of a career kind of AHLer that bounced around four or five teams in a couple of years. Um, he'd be lucky if he ever plays again. I think the next roster he's going to be on is in the adult safe hockey league. You're playing men's league here in Toronto, right? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think, I think you're bang on and, and Dutch, I'm going to, I'm going to hop in here because yep. I'm fired up about this and, and you're, you're bang on with that is, is that this is a, should be a hard lesson learned for all of those fourth liners, those fringe hockey players, all of those guys out there that you better beware about what you're doing because if this was Alex Ovechkin and if this was Sidney Crosby, the NHL would have stepped in. They would have had a bigger press release, maybe even a press conference. Um, there would have been a, probably a whole program rolled out about, you know, um, intergender uh, relations and making sure respect for women. And it would just would have been, it would have been blown up to the nth degree, but they would have protected that star as much as they possibly could, um, no matter what. And that's that's the lesson to be learned for, I think, all hockey players across the board on that. Well, that's BS, though. The whole thing shouldn't be that way. We're 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 in 2020. And for the last, let's we'll say seven years of this hardcore. Everybody has a phone. Everybody has social media. Everybody has this stuff. And everybody there's people watching. Look at what we say in our conversation, even on our podcast tonight whatever we've been talking about, you're going to go onto your Facebook page later and it's going to pop up with an advertisement for it. I mean, everybody's listening all the time. Why is it any different? Oh, why? Because, because it's Ovechkin. If it was Ovechkin, he should be the same way, but I'm going to flip it over for a second guys. So Lissick, is he, is he, he's in the wrong. We all know that. 100%. Correct? Yep. Correct. Okay. So, so he gets terminated from his mm-hmm. team. Correct. Correct. When should it be allowed to come back? You know what this comes down to? This come, you, can, you can apply this logic of this scenario to pretty much any professional sport, which it, it all comes down to like a simple equation. Is the reward or the value of me having you on the roster, is it going to outweigh the cost, whether it be not just how much it's costing to pay to be on the roster, but all the other auxiliary noise and costs that come with it, whether it be you ruining my brand and my reputation as an owner and, and my franchise, and are you now, you know, maybe not having people come into the games because I'm, I'm putting you on my roster. Like, what it comes down to, man, is if you can play ball or if you can play hockey or if you can play your professional sport and add value and actually add wins, I hate to say it, but I do think that, that teams will often find a way to make it happen, right? I do think they'll find a way. Like, there's, there's tons of guys in the NFL that, whether it be, you know, domestic abuse or substance abuse or you name it, right? Right. And they've been right. given second chances when someone says – Well, that's yeah. what I was going to ask you because you were dancing a little bit around the question. When should he come I, back? Because, because, because in a perfect world here, if, if – and I, and I believe that, that if, if they're doing these type of things, it's just like the, the NASCAR driver in, our, in a couple podcasts yeah. ago when yeah. he, yep. uh, made a, he made the race card and, and he's been, been gone. Listen, we all, us too, as, as, as normal, hardworking people here that are not professional athletes, yeah, we're golf professionals, but we're not professional golfers here. And you have a, you have a very good uh, uh, livelihood that you're running there, old boy, and – but we're we're in a totally different situation when you when it look when you look at that. 
the, the, the bottom line is they're, they're all the same and they should all be punished the same. Should they all get a second chance because we all make mistakes? Absolutely. So the thing is, is we, we have to have new standards in these leagues that, okay, so he made a mistake yep. and he's, he's going to be ever forever <laughs> regretful for it. But should he be, it's, there should be something like, okay, you're gone for a year. And then if your talent warrants it, then you're going to get re-signed somewhere. And that should be no different if it was Ovechkin, Crosby, Jordan, any of these star athletes, they should all be the same. And, and that's the problem. I don't think it'll ever be that way. No, but it's and it's never that way, and it, that's the difference between the the three guys talking on this podcast and and the the guys that we're talking about right now is is that if I were to go out there and make comments like that or make uh, racial comments, I may I may never have the opportunity again to work at a golf course in this area, let alone period. If they were to find out what I did. Correct, but I could use the flip side on that. You, you, you are in a free situation where you could actually probably go and reapply for a job right after the bat, depending on what happens. Let's say you're, let's say you're, let's say we won't use you or or old boy, but let's say someone's caught stealing. Um, let's just say it's product from um, from a restaurant, and they're stealing steaks out the back door, and they get caught, and, and the the employer says we've got to let you go. This is our protocol. However, see you later. In other words, and he can go and reapply for a job. Uh, a week later, yeah. So, but so, but anybody so who may, does their due, due their due diligence is is going to make that phone call, and he he may never have the opportunity again. So these guys are going to get that that uh, the next opportunity. So that's already unfair in itself, right? But what I'm saying is, should they get an opportunity? Because so so you made a mistake, and you you threw out a a, a race card, which I yeah, I know none of us are in that that realm of the, these discussions, but it, you know. You make it. I mean, I know it's hard to say. Well, mistakes shouldn't be made at, in this day and age. But if you make a mistake, if he's not a repeat offender, you gotta you gotta think. Okay, listen, you're you're out for X, Y, Z, and and when the time comes, if you're still relevant, you're welcome to to try out for a team. I I just don't think. Maybe I'm on the wrong side of this, but I I just don't think that that you know these guys should be banned for life for for doing. We're not talking murder here. We're not talking. You know, we're not talking uh, Aaron Hernandez style stuff here, okay? No, and I, I don't think a ban should happen. Period. I think it it goes down to it should be left up to the individual teams to do exactly what what old boy has said is is to take a risk management test on each individual contract that they're bringing in. So whether it be like look at look at how how much we all just turned the eye to Alexander Ovechkin when he won the cup. He was parading around, pissed drunk. Who knows what he was doing? And but you don't think that the Washington Capitals had somebody watching him? Of course they did. If yep. Brandon Lipsick does that and he's parading around pissed drunk, they're not sending no. anybody with them. They're just yep. going to let him make the stake. They're going to let him rot. And when he makes it, he's gone. And on it all way. comes down to talent. I hate to say it, but if you're good, so let's say this was Ovechkin, and the Caps went to those absolute measures and they actually terminated the contract. Right? I hate to say it, boys. The next day, there's 29 other teams lined up to bring Alex and Ovechkin in on the contract. You're you're bang on. You're bang on. That's why I'm saying I think there needs to be in sport or forget sport, whatever music, whatever it may be. There needs to be some type of mandate that um, that that will let's we'll stick with hockey here. The if the NHL if 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 you terminate a player for conduct that's detrimental to the team, whether it's um, uh, enhanced drugs, whether it's um, uh, you know racism, abuse, all that's everything that we've talked about in the last couple episodes. 
it's it's an automatic one-year suspension no matter who you are and no team can pick you up period and then that will shake things up a little bit so even if it is an Ovechkin which I know it'll never happen and I don't want to keep using him but because it's just the same teammate sorry man you're done you're done for the year well well what happens they're on a playoff Stanley Cup run I don't give a shit you're done you're not playing you made a mistake you're an idiot you sit on the bench. You're done. We're done. You're off our team. That's the rules. Those are the stat. Those are the facts. That's what needs to happen. But we all know that's so, never going to happen. So, that's correct. So here, that's here's correct. a funny yep. thing for I don't. I don't know if you guys. It's 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 on the same topic. And again, what happened? Not funny. But these remarks that I saw come out from, and I don't know if you guys saw the, the article. But Brett Hall basically came out, and again, Brett Hall. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's take it for what yep. he is. Right, great hockey player, one of the best goal scorers of all time. His moral compass up for debate, right? Like, let's just call it as it is. Not right, but here's the thing, though, right? So what he said, and I think there's a little bit of a little bit of truth to it. And and as a fan of of like some of these like subplots or guys having fun, and I love seeing that stuff. Guys going out to the bars and having fun. And basically, what Brett Hall was saying is that in today's age, these young guys they can't like go out as a team and have a good time on the road anymore because you know there's camera phones and there's all this other stuff, and you can't have any privacy and have any any fun at all, right? And he was saying, you know, nowadays these young guys they basically, you know, pass the time and, and get off by like bringing their, you know, their PlayStations and their Xboxes and, and playing Call of Duty in the room. And he's like, that's, that's, that's lame. He goes like, what, back in my day, he goes like, we used to go out and we used to do this. Right. And it's funny because I don't yep. know if you guys have ever read Ronick's book. So JR put out a book a couple of years back. Oh, you took the words out of my it's mouth. Classic yep. man. This book that he put out again, I'm, I'm using it as a comp because similar era to, to Hall, right. That like late eighties, nineties played in that generation where they had a little bit more realm to go out there and have fun. And this one story, and I read it. It's a great read. It over the over the break here when you guys have some downtime. It's a real easy read. But he's talking about a night they're out in, in Calgary, and they're out on the town. They're having a blast with the boys, and they get a late night call at like one thirty to go out to some house party out in the boonies somewhere in some like residential community. So sure enough, it's the middle of winter time, and he's in a cabbie, and the cabbie spins out and ends up in a ditch. So here's Jr. and his nice like you know thousand dollar Gucci suit. He's all dolled up, and he's drenched in like slush and stuff, and he's trekking through the through the through the snow there's no cell phones there's no pay phones all the stores that went out are all closed down so what does he do he knocks on some guy's front door he knocks on like a residential front door and asks to use the phone so the guy wakes up at like, two o'clock in the morning jr sit on his front doorstep in, in the bag right he's wasted and he's pissed drunk and he's just soaking wet from you know bailing in the snow and he brings him in. He goes, JR, 100%, man. You want to come use the phone? No problem. You want to call a cabbie? Come in. So here he is. JR's telling the story that they're at the table. The guy pulls out a, uh, a case of Canadian. They bang out 12 beers waiting for this cab to show up. But, like, that's <laughs> the kind of stuff that in today's world will never happen, man. And I, I, Right. But, no, right, 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 right. It won't, it won't happen anymore. And you know what? That's the price you pay. There's also lots of dollars and cents now. We never had anywhere near the money we did now. Let me ask you just a straight up business question. How many emails do you send oh, a day? A couple hundred a day. Thank you very much. End of sentence right there. Okay. So look at how things have changed before. We would have never thought that we're emailing from home while we're doing from work, blah, blah, blah. We're doing all that. These guys are multi, multi-million dollar athletes that are getting paid top dollar. Guess what? Would you, if I gave you an opportunity right now, if I said to you for four years, okay, for four years, you can make nine, 10, $12 million total even. And you can't do anything but live in a, live in a, a, a sheltered life where I'm going to cover you up and, and you're going to have a limo and I'm going to take you from A to B and yeah, you it's are. sacrifice that they have to make. That's exactly it. So this whole, all of these things and all the stuff that these guys do, you know what? 
it's their own fault for getting themselves into trouble. And you know what? That stuff just shouldn't happen. See, you know what's funny, right? Is is I was thinking about this, and we were, you know, I was I was thinking about the conversation, and you know, if you want to look at what he what what Lipstick said was was one way, and it was like derogatory towards women and whatnot. But then you look at some of these guys, right? And I remember reading an article last year in the New York Post talking about about Jeter, right? So here's a guy, beloved, you know, Hall of Fame shortstop, multiple championships, the king of New York, right? And they were talking about that yep. old years ago about Jeter. Now we all we've all seen Jeter here, right? And you know, I remember seeing a, a little uh, starting nine here on ESPN not too long ago talking about all the women that this guy's been rumored to have dated over the years, right? We're talking like a list names here, right? And and they're talking about here, yeah. And supposedly those nights here, he'd be out, you know, and he find a girl and he bring her back and whatever, and you know, two three of the clock in the morning, he has his basically one of his henchmen come up and wheel a, a town car out front, and in the car would be this bag of signed Derek Jeter memorabilia, memorabilia for the lady to bring home, right? And it's just like, but like stuff like that, people turn a blind eye because it's Derek Jeter, right? So what I'm getting at is, you know, they, they can kind of go one or two ways sometimes, right? And it really is funny because I think a lot of it depends on circumstance, what you're doing on the field, and what else are you able to bring to the table, right? But anyways, I listen, I, I love Jeter. The guy's a great play, ball player. Know, one of the best of all time, but I just think it's funny, right? Because you know, even last year, Sam Darnold, same thing, right? Darnold was getting ripped on. They're all Darnold's out, and he's running around, and we saw him leaving with a girl. Well, buddy, I hope so. If if you're the starting quarterback in New York Jets and you can't go out and meet women, well, buddy, you might as well give it up because, like, at that point there, like, you better, you know have all the odds stacked in your favor. And if you can't go out there and have some fun, like, there should be some fun that comes with being a pro athlete too. I think mean, that's the shame that what it comes down to ultimately. You know what I mean? It- it, you're right, yeah. and that's a and that's a great way to end uh, to end it off because they should be allowed to do that. But there's just so many things that they have opportunities to make sure that they're doing it safely, and that's what they gotta follow. So, you know what, um, Nikki, what an awesome, awesome episode. You know what, you carried the conversation on great for us. Uh, we're we're happy to have you on as our first guest, and uh, it was a, it was a great night. Uh, Ginger, I'll let you take it home from here, buddy. Yeah, that was great. Uh... Obviously, uh, thanks again to uh, the old boy, uh, Nick Poulet, for, uh, for coming on as our, our first official guest here on the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Uh, appreciate it very much. And remember, uh, follow us on the social media side. We've got that big contest going on, more sponsors to come along the way. And uh, obviously, uh, I know as a friend of the show, you'll be love it, boys. Had a blast, man. It was fun to get out here for a little bit and talk some sports. It'd be nice to see some more live sports. I think it's coming, man. I think things are uh, starting to line up. I'm looking forward to it, boys. Right. UFC. UFC. <laughs> awesome. Right on, guys. See you, boys. Awesome. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for a great show. Hope our listeners enjoy, and uh, we'll be back next week for another episode. The only thing I want to let our listeners know is uh, we're changing over our release date. We're now going to be releasing on Wednesday morning, doing our recording on Tuesday. So check out. We'll be uh, one day late next week and releasing on Wednesday. I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch.